0: All right, and welcome back to Third String Podcast on this bonus episode here as we get ready to get into what I think is the the most exciting time of the year. Uh, We're going to do a bonus bowl preview episode for you. So we've got a special guest coming up here in a second, Uh, but good good to have everyone with us. So I'd like to introduce uh, Joel Cox. So Joel will be uh, one of the guys we turn to for some college football expertise. Uh, Joel is the pride of Greenwood, Indiana. Played all four years while he was at Ball State, uh, playing with, uh, with them, both on the offensive and defensive side of the game. Playing in over 42 games during his time at Ball State, so this isn't uh, a one-and-done uh, kind of career there. Uh, as I mentioned, played on both sides of the ball. Uh, and also, really for, for our interest here uh, this week, played in two bowl games, uh, both the Beef O'Brady's Bowl and the GoDaddy Bowl. So Joel has seen the promised land in college football, which are bowl games. Uh, and we thought it'd be great to get his expertise on uh, this week. Something also important to note for Joel is he had six career blocked kicks, which is a Ball State record, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, that's
1: impressive, wow. Uh, and
0: a 2012 All-Mid-American Conference Honorable Mention. So uh, we have a guy who not only demonstrated his on-the-field prowess, but also doing good things off the field. So, Joel, welcome to Third String Podcast. Good to have you on the show, man.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, uh, Pete and Zach. This is... Uh, great to be on the show i've uh, been listening as you guys have been starting this podcast and uh, really enjoy it
1: well thanks so much for for listening i'm impressed with your six block kicks and just for our listeners for context i have zero block kicks in my in my career so
2: uh, well done I Find Joel. That hard to believe it's all about the scheme it's all about <laughs> the scheme <laughs>
0: so, so as we're as we're looking at bowl season uh Joel, as you well know, for the, the casual fans, bowl season is just kind of fun, that it's something as we get close to the holidays, you can turn on ESPN what feels like any time between about noon and midnight, uh, and you're going to have something to watch. Some bowl games less exciting than others, but I don't think the the casual fan really gets any kind of a chance to understand what goes into bowl preparation and what goes into uh Really, really the the cradle to grade that we only see the finished product, but you go back to the last week of November when it's rivalry games, uh, perhaps playing in a conference championship. Uh, Then we see awards season with uh, all of the yearly awards capped off by the Heisman. Uh, And then teams just kind of start showing up while we have early recruiting going on. And we have all sorts of drama about coaching carousels. None of us really understand, I don't think, what goes into getting ready for a bowl game. So I was wondering if we could spend a spend a couple minutes kind of walking through that bowl preparation and what you went through uh, as a player. Obviously, you have finals going on, that whole school thing that I think sometimes we forget about as fans of college football is important. You got a full month of prep time. You've got bowl festivities. Uh, and normally, you're playing at a neutral site. So what are the things that college football teams are looking at? What are some of the challenges coaches have to figure out? And what do you guys as players uh, really Keeping track of and dealing with?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, one of the first things is it's definitely an honor just to get into a bowl game. I mean, it's, I played in two, um, you know, and the class, I went to Ball State. The class had just graduated from Ball State. Uh, some of them were redshirt uh, seniors and they got to play or they got to travel with us to the GoDaddy Bowl. And then they went four years without going to another bowl. So just going to a bowl is a great experience to begin with. But I was actually lucky enough on both of my bowls. Uh, One was an early bowl game. So it was, uh, I think it was December 21st. So it was before Christmas. And then the GoDaddy Bowl, which prior to, I think the year after we played it, they switched it. But it was the last bowl before the national championship. Uh, So those are two completely, completely different experiences uh, from a preparation perspective obviously for the pl- from a player being selfish the beefo brady's bowl is is a lot easier to prepare for but from a coach's perspective they love the godaddy bowl because you know you get you know you're allowed so many practices before your bowl game i think it was it was either 10 to 15 padded practices before a bowl game where you're not going to be able to get those in you know, if you're playing this week, you know, because you've got finals, you've got to recover after a championship game. Uh, then you go get your finals done and then you've got to kind of start a new season. Whereas when you're playing in January, it literally is another season. You know, every, everything's on the table. The redshirt freshmen, the people who are redshirt and get a whole another 15 practices to prove their worth before spring ball and move forward from that perspective. So with the Beef Brady's Bowl, um, we didn't really go home at all for Christmas break. Uh, it was one of those situations where we were playing down in Florida. So it's not really comparable to practice pads in Indiana in the sure, November sure. and December. So we actually, we finished finals. And then that next week uh, we had a couple lifts and then we flew down to Florida and practice for a week which was a great experience you know spending a week with the guys that uh, you battled with all year just getting to know them better it's just you guys you know families don't come down till usually later in the week um and it's basically a camp mode uh but they they've got video games in the lobby <laughs> that's uh, so it makes it, it makes it a little better
1: yeah that sounds like a lot of fun
0: as we look at what that that preparation actually is how do you guys prepare for normally you're not seeing these opponents or anything really like these opponents as you're getting ready for this game and obviously teams do this all year long playing guys outside their conference outside their comfort zone but is there anything different about bowl preparation where you're not really playing for conference titles you're you're playing more for pride than anything else unless you're in the college football playoff
2: yeah i mean you know, when, we, when you go into the game, I mean, you're, you're a college athlete. You're, you're a competitor at the end of the game, at the end of the day. So, I mean, the perspective of wanting to, to you know, number one, represent your school, but also represent your conference uh, and show them what's, what, it, what you can do. I mean, you're, you're going to go out there and give it everything you've got. And, you know, we, we got matched up uh, really well against a good Arkansas State team. Uh, in the GoDaddy Bowl, a game that, you know, I mean, it's been four years ago, and we still should have won. Still a little sour about it. But <laughs> besides the fact that then in the Beef Brady's Bowl, we get matched up against this team, uh, Central Florida, and, you know, we, we haven't seen anything about them all year. Um, we watch the film. Everything points to this running back. You know, we prepare prepare for the running back ready for a power offensive game, which I'm really excited about, playing nose tackle. You know, there's not many teams we play power offense. And we go to the game, and they've got this quarterback um, who starts running RPO on us and starts just taking off. I mean, he, he was running over people everywhere. Then he started opening up, throwing the ball. I mean, it was Blake Bortles. And oh, I've heard we of kind of— <laughs> Yeah, what he ever do after that bowl game? <laughs> so, so after that, the conversation started about him and the running back was uh, Latavius Murray. So also heard of him. It was, it was one of those games where, you know, we went into it definitely um, wanted to win it, but it it got a little lopsided fast on that game. But you know, most of the time, it is a good matchup, a team that you definitely want to win with a comparable conference.
1: Yeah, well, on on this point about some of these guys that you've faced off before, I looked up uh, the game summary from your Arkansas State game in the GoDaddy.com bowl. So the final score was 23-20, but you guys staged a good comeback in the fourth quarter, just came up a bit short. But I was looking at the first person to score in that game, and that was your teammate, a uh, wide receiver named Willie Sneed, who is now playing for the New Orleans Saints. So pretty cool to be able to play with all these guys who would go on to play in the NFL. And I'm going to use this to segue into a question that I've had, which is, what's your favorite bowl game memory from playing in in, in one or both of these?
2: Uh, I mean, as far as, you know, playing, I would definitely say um, the UCF Bowl, playing a, a bad memory, playing Blake Bortles. Um, but also, one of the good memories I wanted to hit on is, uh, you know, we went to a children's hospital before. Uh, the Go daddy Bowl the day before, and that was one of the greatest experience of the whole bowl experience, going to a children's hospital, walking around uh, with some Ball State things and little footballs and just handing those out and seeing the smile on uh, the kids' faces. Um, I mean, that's rewarding in itself. Uh, just the whole experience overall is is great. There's tons of memories, but that was definitely stands out to me.
1: Yeah, the the Children's Hospital memory reminds me of the Iowa Wave, which was the start of this year after Iowa's uh, uh, new hospital was constructed there. The Children's Hospital over into the stadium. Yeah, it's it's so cool and so heartwarming to see every single time. Another question I have, very oddly specific, but I had some friends in college who got to play in a bowl game, and they got all this really cool swag from playing in the game. So did you get a bunch of swag?
2: Yes, yes, the swag is great. Uh, We got... Both years, it was the big wireless speakers. So we got the the wireless speakers, and uh, the clothes clothes are great. You know, they take care, they give you a uh, kind of a sweatsuit with ball state logos and stuff on it, but it takes care of you for the winter. Um, yeah, it's some cool stuff. You know, I still have um, we got like a cool football and a cool GoDaddy watch. Uh, so yeah, I keep all that stuff. It was really a cool experience. Yeah. We didn't get, didn't get the huge gifts. I think some of them were given out PS4s. Yeah. I did hear before. about PS4s. At at least, yeah, None of my friends for, got those, but I heard about some. Or at the least them. rumored. I've never met someone who actually got them. They're, they're, I think they're rumored. Oh, rumors. this is interesting. We'll Maybe see. it is
1: just a rumor. Yeah. It's just an urban legend. <laughs> I don't know. Like the, you know, I mean, the grass is always greener.
2: Yeah. I mean, everybody's, you know, you say what you got and the next guy's like, Oh, I got this, you know, could be, could be growing. The fish is growing.
0: <laughs> that's uh that's good. And I really like that point you made about the uh the the charity and the community outreach. I don't think that gets as much publicity, especially when we talk about all 41 bowl games, that yes, it's it's great for you guys as players. It's great for us as fans to see our teams one more time. But it's it's also doing a lot of good. And whether it's just another opportunity for, for guys to come together as a family or whether it's going out in their community. Bowl games are just fun. There's been a lot of debate recently on if we have too many bowl games uh, or if bowl games are getting to be too crazy. But I, I like the amount right now, but I'd be interested to hear if you have an opinion on if 41 games is too much, uh, if we need to whittle it down a little more, or if you like where we're at.
2: I mean, it, it continues to grow. I mean, when my sophomore year at ball state, we went six and six and we weren't invited to a bowl game. Um, and I don't think that happens anymore. I think if you go six, if you get six wins, I, I think it doesn't matter as long as you're at the FBS level, you get invited to a bowl. So they did add a couple more uh, bowls for the, the Mac, the Sun Belt, um, and those other conferences. I mean, it could get watered down a little bit there, but you know, with, with that perspective as a Mac school, we aren't getting a lot of publicity throughout the year. Um, So when we go to one of these bowls and, you know, people say maybe they're, they're not getting as much publicity as, you know, that's, that's what we're used to all year. And it's always been, you know, it's always us against the world. That's the mentality of the smaller schools. So, I mean, I think, you know, going to the GoDaddy bowl, it's Mobile, Alabama. Uh, There's not, a lot of things that I mean, I love the city, but there's not a lot of things that go down, go on down around that city throughout the year. And so they do treat you like royalty because this is their big event uh, when we are down there is having this bowl game. So I think as long as the cities are willing to host it and, uh, you know, allow the teams to come down there, it's a great for the city and great for the schools.
0: Hmm. I I like that perspective. Um. So we mentioned it uh, during kind of the, the first questions we talked about, bowl preparation. Uh, but something I'm wondering about, especially this year with the coaching carousel, and I do need to plug Zach in right here for calling Scott Frost as the coach of the year. That's so right. Yes. That. But, but as we look at all these coaching changes, you were pretty fortunate in having a, a pretty consistent program, honestly, while you're there, but especially a consistent head coach. Um, so, so not something you had to encounter in those four years, but how do you think a coaching change impacts a, a college locker room right now, whether you are UCF and Scott Frost is coaching his last game there, or whether you're Texas A&M and Oregon dealing with coaching changes and churn and upheaval and drama, how, how does that impact uh, a, a locker room in this already weird time?
2: Yeah, it makes it really difficult, and I think it was—I uh, think Zach, you—you you hit on Coach Frost staying and saying that you didn't like that. Uh, that was you, right?
1: No, yeah, Pete. Pete didn't like it. I liked him staying there.
2: Yeah, and I, I thought about it, and I just here's a couple of reasons why I don't like it. Actually, you know, the problem is this is a key recruiting time, so you know him leaving not only. Is he losing out on some of his recruits at Nebraska? I feel like he's hurting UCF's future prospects. You know, they can't their official visits. Uh, you know, who who's the head coach who are going to go to? You may lose out on some of those players. You know, especially in the competitive Central Florida. You know, they're going against Florida Atlantic and Florida International right now uh, to get some of those recruits, and then also trying to pull some other big time recruits in the state of Florida. So I think it's just, it's difficult from a recruiting's perspective, but then from the actual current players perspective, and it's, it's really a difficult situation. One that I'm glad uh, we didn't go through Uh, my, you know, the 08 season at Ball State. I played with a couple of those guys as they got older and they went through the Brady Hope going to San Diego state. And it's just, unless it's a transition of almost an internal hire and they allow them to run the same offense and defense, you know, it's, it's either a watered down system or you're running a, trying to run a completely new offense going into a bowl game. It's just, it's just a tough situation to be in.
0: Well, and like we talked about during the, the bowl prep.
1: That's great perspective though. And it's stuff that I wouldn't have thought of, you know, being on the outside in. So I appreciate that. I I hadn't really thought of the recruiting angle, but on that point, it's got to be really tough whenever you go through a regime change like that because you're recruited by a coach to go play for a program. You know, Nick Saban comes into your living room and tells your parents what a great fit you're going to be at the University of Alabama and you get really sold on it. You go visit and coach Saban shows you around and promises you you're going to be a key part of his offense and then if coach Saban leaves, yeah, there's the major piece. I mean, I'm thinking about I think I mentioned this on the podcast a few weeks ago. I'm thinking about DeAndre Francois, who tweeted out after Jimbo Fisher said he was leaving, that he he couldn't even call uh, Francois. And that was pretty, I imagine, pretty painful for the quarterback. And now he's thinking, how am I going to play in Willie Taggart's offense? I have no idea what this is going to be like. And here he is. He's stuck at FSU.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a difficult situation. It's, I think the hard part about the, just the college football atmosphere is the coaching carousel is a business. But the athletes are kids. And that's something to really, it's really difficult as a player. You know, looking back, there were a lot of things that I reacted where I was, you know, my defensive line coach, uh, he left. And, you know, it was one of those things he didn't call. I found out when I went to the banquet and he was gone. And it's one of those things where if he calls you, then he's got to call the next guy, then he's got to call the next guy you know it's right. one of those things where it's just really you know and you know I definitely am still in contact with my coach and still talk to him and we're we have a great relationship I don't hold anything against him but at the time at that age I, I couldn't agree I probably had the same reaction where I was like you couldn't even call me yeah you know so it's it's one of those where it's really a tough spot to put a kid in yeah I totally agree
1: mm-hmm. Well, should we talk bowl games?
0: Yeah, let's, let's get to it.
1: All right, before we, before we do sort of a, a summary of bowl season and talk about some of our predictions and we prognosticate a little bit, I want to I run a little game by you guys. I was thinking about bowl season, and Pete, you mentioned 41 bowl games, and Joel, you mentioned that might be a little bit too much. We've expanded a lot. And I was thinking further about how ridiculous some of these bowl game names are, so that led me to think, you know what I should do? I should run this by Pete and Joel on the show. I'm gonna run you guys. Run. I think I think I think I have 11 names here. I'm gonna run 11 names by you, and you. Your task is to tell me if this has been or is a real bowl, or if this is a fictional bowl that I've made up.
0: Oh, jeez. So,
1: <laughs> Love it. All right. Love it. Are we clear? Any questions on Let's the rules? Alright, so we'll, we'll make this a contest. So I'll have each of you guys give me a yes or a no and we'll we'll keep tally as we go. All right. First question. Well, this is this is a softball, an easy one. Fact or fiction the Cheribundi Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl. Uh no. So so I'm fiction.
2: Gonna go with, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with yes.
1: So Pete, you're going no, Joel, you're going yes. Yeah. Okay, this is a true bowl. This is actually new this year.
0: That's the sponsor of the Boca Raton Bowl. <laughs> yep, that's that the sponsor. Is awesome. Come on, man. You got
1: and you,
2: you have to follow Lane Kiffin. I know. Now. This I, I, mean, I was really this Lane is why Kiffin. I said it was a
1: softball. Pete, I thought you were gonna get this because this is Lane Kiffin's bowl this year. He's playing in this. It's uh, it's Akron and FAU. Go Owls.
0: What? I, I thought it was just the Boca Raton Bowl. I thought that we were just going to call one bowl something <laughs> oh. normal for once. I'm oh, I'm no. ranting, and we're on like question one of eleven. I'm in trouble. No, there
1: are 41 bowls, and there are 41 spots for advertising. So there will never be an unsponsored Boca Raton Bowl again. All right. So uh, score is one to zero, uh, Joel. All right. Next question. Fact or fiction? Gotham Bowl. Go fiction.
0: Yep, fiction.
1: That is actually fact. Uh, 1961 uh, to 1962, the Gotham Bowl was run in New York City. It was set up as a charity bowl, and because it was set up as a charity bowl and there was no business sponsoring it, it actually fell apart after two years, but that was run in New York City. It was not, contrary to popular opinion, the bowl at which Bane showed up and imploded the stadium and you know, the players fell down into the sewers of Gotham. Different, different bowl. That, that was fictional.
2: <laughs> different city.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, we're still at one to zero. Uh. The third question, the In-N-Out double-double animal-style bowl.
0: I'm going fiction, but I really want to say it's true because it sounds
1: delicious.
2: I think that's fiction.
1: It is fiction. Yeah, I threw that in. I I figured that you guys would get that one correct, but I think that'd be an awesome name. I mean, I don't know why we have Cherubundi tart cherry bowls when we don't have a double-double animal-style bowl. All right. Fourth question. What, what would be
0: better, <laughs> the swag at that bowl or the gift certificates to In-It-Out Burger? Ooh. I think that's, that's a valid debate topic yeah. for another time.
1: absolutely. Oh, we should definitely have that debate. Uh, if we had more time, we'd have it right now. Okay, fourth question. Fact or fiction, the salad bowl.
0: Uh, I'm going with fiction, but I bet this is some like historical bowl you're
1: going to get me on. It sure is. Yep, the salad bowl ran from 1947 to 1955 in Phoenix, Arizona. So there it is, the salad bowl.
2: And now it's replaced <laughs> by
1: chips. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I think we're, we're still at one to zero, right? Or no, we're at uh, two to one because you you guys both got the in and out bowl right. So two to one, Joel. Okay. S- uh, fifth question: the Purina dog
2: food bowl. I'm gonna go with fact.
0: Uh, I'm gonna go with fiction just because I feel like that's what we do after the Thanksgiving Day parade is the puppy bowl. All right. Sponsored by Purina.
1: Guys, we're all tied up two-two. That is fiction. Yes. Yeah, there is no, and has been no Purina dog food bowl. Okay. Uh, next question: the ev1.net Houston Bowl.
0: There's definitely a Houston Bowl. Is that the all right, sponsor all right, so of we've got, it though? Got that, that checked off.
1: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, fiction. I'm going fiction too. Both of you going fiction. That is that yeah. was a true bowl from 2002 to 2005, which I think makes sense, right? The dot com boom. You're going to have all these bowls named after dot com, dot net, etc. So yeah, the ev1.net really kind of rolls off the tongue. Uh, okay, the next <laughs> one, the Poulan Weed Eater Independence Bowl.
2: Fact. Fiction.
1: Fact, we have a new leader, three to two. Yeah. That was from 91 yes. to 97. And, Don't uh, call what, it a
0: comeback, what, we've been here for 10 episodes. <laughs>
1: when I was doing research, I found that Tom Herman actually made a jab at SMU when he was coach at Houston. He was, he was talking about SMU, and he was answering, I think, a reporter's question and basically said, yeah, if you're just in it to, to you know, win enough games to make it to the Weed Eater Independence Bowl, that's fine, but that's not what we're doing. There's a school in Dallas for you if you're doing that. <laughs> so there's a little history for you on the Weed Eater Independence Bowl. Okay, here we go. Next question. The Bitcoin St. Petersburg Bowl.
0: Fact.
1: Fiction. That is fact. Yeah, 2014 what? was the Bitcoin St. Petersburg Bowl. All right, oh, Pete's, Pete's opening up a lead here, four to two.
0: Bajillion dollars.
1: All right. Next question: The Skyline Chili Bowl. That's fact.
0: Ooh, I love Skyline Chili, but I think I'm going with fiction.
1: That is fiction. Yep, did not happen. Uh, five to two. The 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 the, the, the <sighs> totally. lead widens. All right. Final question um the bad boy mowers gasparilla bowl
0: that's got to be fiction right
1: okay fiction is pete's vote what do you think joel that's fact that is indeed fact old strength coach playing yep. oh. all right so so coming back <laughs> on the final question joel final score of five to three yeah so the bad boy mowers gasparilla bowl is being played in st petersburg st petersburg I, I swear all these crazy names are in florida but this is uh, Temple and FIU, so Florida International. And the cool thing about this, or the weird, maybe the weird thing, we'll just go with weird thing, they're going to have an actual mower race at the bowl. Like, guys are going to race lawnmowers <laughs> at the bowl. This bad boy mowers. Only in gas Florida. Florida. Only in Florida. <laughs>
2: hey, there is plenty of room there. They're playing in a Tropicana field. They bring in the bleachers. So they've, got, they've got a whole track over there.
1: There we go. Okay. I guess it only makes sense. The bad boy mowers gasparilla bowl. So there we go. There's thanks for entertaining that brief aside on the outrageous bowl games that we've seen before and are still seeing today. All right. Now we can go on to actually. Uh, don't talk tell about Lane sports. Kiffin I
0: messed that one up. It's gonna I, hurt my credibility. Pete, I really can't
1: believe I really can't believe you missed that. You should just lose the whole game because you missed that. After talking so much about Lane Kiffin, you know, you can't you can't get it. I knew he was in the book Raton
0: Retone Bowl.
1: It's it's not the vocal Bowl. It's the Cherubundi Tart. I don't even know what a Cher what is that Cherubundi Tart Cherry. What is that? That's
0: why I thought it was false. I can't even spell that.
2: That's why they're sponsoring is it. Now like, now is that like is that like a it Pop up.
1: Tart thing? I don't even know.
2: <laughs> oh, Joel's right. It's in our head now. I thought it was the Lane Kiffin Bowl. I didn't know it was any b- other bowl. There you go. The hype train bowl.
1: Ah, uh, the hype. There we go. Oh, here we go. Cherubundi. Discover. I'm looking looking it up online right now. Discover the power of tart cherry juice. That sounds terrible. <laughs> what in the world why would you want to drink tart cherry juice oh my
0: this was the most brilliant thing they could have done though because all three of us are looking it up and yeah, everyone true. who's listening is thinking huh I wonder about them man yeah, me- we just walked right into their trap yeah, true. Lane Kiffin wins again
1: oh man oh, Lane got me again alright Pete I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop talking about cherry bowls now and just uh, pass it off to you and we will talk about you, you want
0: to talk about real bowls not cherry bowls So wanted to take just uh, a minute or two kind of on each game. We don't need to get too technical, but I'm really interested in your guys' initial reactions. Obviously, 41 games, we've played about six of them so far that the first games kicked off on the 16th, but picking out some of the the bigger games going forward uh, and kind of your initial reactions and things that you guys are watching for either your keys in the game or just something that you're interested in hearing how it plays out. So. What better place to start than the hype train Bowl with Lane Kiffin? Yes. Got FAU playing the Akron Zips. What What are you guys thinking on this one?
2: I think Florida Atlantic uh, runs away with this one. It's they've they've got a great team. It's going to be interesting though.
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I will call FAU for this. It's going to be. A Lane Kiffin victory. I'll even go further and say a victory by at least two possessions, and it will start the conversation about whether or not Lane Kiffin will be going somewhere else for 2018. We've already talked about that. I don't think it'll happen, but I think, you know, we got to have stuff to talk about. It'll start that chatter.
2: I think he's got one more (laughs) year. He's got to have one more year. Agreed, agreed.
0: Yeah, I like FAU in that one. Let's uh, let's keep it rolling. We know that
1: it's. We don't even need to cover your your opinion on the owls.
0: Who am I more a homer for these days, (laughs) the ACC or Lane Kiffin? These are the things I think about. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Let's uh, let's keep it rolling. Let's move a little further south from Florida and look at the Bahamas Bowl. UAB, who by the way canceled their program in 2014, revived it in 2015. So a real feel good story. But UAB playing Ohio. Joel, who you like in this one?
2: So first off, I love that UAB is back in a bowl game, but I'm going to go with Ohio on this one um, because you got you to go with the Mac. We went 0 for last year in the bowl games, and this is a game that Ohio should be able to win since Ball State beat UAB earlier this year.
1: Yeah, I'm really glad that you're, you added this one to the list because it's not a high-profile game. These aren't powerhouse teams, but the story of UAB restarting their program after a devastating uh, year off. Uh, just a feel-good story. I'm going to go with UAB for that. I'm going to be the contrarian here. And I'm just going to have to go with the emotional choice of UAB because this is their first year back in their program, and they've had remarkable success so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they went 8-4, and four and they were canceled two years ago. So I, I always root for the Mac. The mac on Tuesday night is fun, but I like UAB in this matchup.
1: You also, I mean, they have the name Blazers, and I don't know if you've seen their mascot, but it's a dragon breathing fire, and I think it's just hard to pick against that.
2: You got the Bobcats, man. (laughs)
1: Bobcats.
0: (laughs) But they they had Blazer in Dodgeball with Ben Stiller. I mean, how do you root against that?
1: I mean, also true. Hmm. You have a point.
0: All right, let's let's keep it let's keep it rolling. Let's move forward a couple days and look at the the mighty cactus bowl, Kansas State with the ever young Bill Snyder uh, playing a team who had an interesting year in Southern California out of UCLA, who obviously parted ways with Jim Mora halfway through the season, signed Chip Kelly, so 2018 looks promising. But Kansas State versus UCLA, who you like, Joel? Uh,
2: I'm gonna go with UCLA on this one. I think. It's going to be tough, um, obviously, to get it, you know any type of Chip Kelly system in there. But I think that him at the helm—I mean, it usually always goes when you get some type of spark in the locker room. They usually play inspired. I'm sure they'll be playing for their spot for spring ball in this game.
1: Well, that insider perspective makes me more firm in my choice. I was going to say UCLA, but mostly because I think Josh Rosen is a really talented quarterback. This is his last chance to make a strong impression on scouts before the NFL draft. I actually think he's the most talented quarterback in the draft, too. Uh, more so than Darnold. I think he'll probably go after Darnold, maybe maybe sort of like a Jared Goff, Carson Wentz draft a couple years ago. But I think Rosen is the better quarterback. I think he's going to have a statement game here, and I'm. I'm calling UCLA to win it over Kansas State.
0: Zach, you think Josh Rosen's going pro after this game?
1: Yeah, I do. You know, We talked about that, right? It was uh, three weeks ago or so, whether or not he'd stick around for another year under Chip Kelly. I think he would be potentially wise to do so. I think Chip Kelly is going to make him look really good in that system. I think he'd be a surefire number one pick if he did that. But I think his draft stock is already high enough now, and there's, there's, there's risk of him staying another year, right? Injury, anything can happen. He could just have a down year. So I think his draft stock's high enough where he's going to stay. If I'm Josh Rosen, I'm thinking about going back another year just to avoid potentially getting drafted by the Browns. <laughs> but I think he does. I think <laughs> he does go to the draft.
0: Hey, hey, Joel, as we're talking about these go, going pro dis, excuse me, going pro discussions, I got to imagine this is in a lot of college locker rooms during bowl prep. I, is this something that is actually talked about a lot? Do guys mainly stick to their families and not talk about it because they don't want to break up team unity? What are what are the debates going on right now with going pro?
2: It's it's different for each player, you know. Ball State, most of the the ones who went pro were seniors, so it was uh, kind of the natural progression. Where it didn't happen was uh, Willie Sneed, who did leave as a junior. Uh, can't blame him for doing it. It worked out well for him, yeah. And it was one of those things where uh, he didn't really discuss it with anyone that I know of. He discussed it with his family. Um, but as soon as when the bowl game was over, I mean, he made sure he went around to the guys he was close to and told them, uh, prior to leaving. But it was interesting because, uh, you know, since the GoDaddy bowl was so late, we had guys, uh, meeting with agents the day after the bowl game. Cause you know, they had to get going and get their, uh, their name out there and try to get, uh, out on some draft boards.
0: Do you think Josh Rosen stick around Joel?
2: Uh, I think it's tough to stick around for a new coach one year. I think as long as he performs well on the bowl, I think uh, he'll go on and take his chances there. It's just, it's really difficult to learn a new system and, you know, taking those chances. Why not take those chances and make a little
0: more? Good insight. Good insight. I also like UCLA with this pick. I think Bill Snyder going four or five down the stretch this Kansas State team, I think, is better than we're giving it credit for, uh, but I, I just think UCLA honestly has the higher ceiling, and I like what we were saying earlier about guys playing for their, their spot in the spring. I think this team has a lot to prove, but I, I think they're up for the challenge. I like UCLA next year, and I like them in the bowl game. Speaking of other teams I like, hard to believe that I, uh, I pay attention to the Virginia Tech schedule every so often. What? So. No. One of one, uh, yeah yeah. One of the top offenses in college football in Oklahoma State is playing my beloved hokies with the Bud Foster defense in the camping world bowl down in Orlando uh on December twenty eighth. Who do you guys like in this matchup?
1: You know, Pete, I'm I'm really sorry. You know I'm a Justin Fuente fan. You know I, I like Virginia Tech, but I am gonna have to go with Oklahoma State. The the reason being Virginia Tech's secondary is not up to the challenge of stopping Mason Rudolph. Now, we know that Oklahoma State doesn't have a defense to speak of either, so I think this is really going to be a shootout. I think we'll see, though, Oklahoma State lead by a touchdown, or win by touchdown, maybe a touchdown and a field goal. So I think maybe like a 45-35 to score would be appropriate here.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with him at Oklahoma State, uh, mostly because I love the mullet. (laughs) But secondly... I think I'm really interested in seeing how the Big 12 uh, performs in the bowls this year. I think I think they're a lot better than uh, people have been giving them credit. They did really well last year. And I'll be interested, especially, you know, as we get closer to these playoffs, talking about Oklahoma. But I, I think the Big 12 is is a good conference. I'll be interested to see how they perform. But I'm going to go with Oklahoma State in this one. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: I, I think that's a good point on the conference. I really do. The Oklahoma State-Oklahoma game was huge this year, and Oklahoma State kind of fell off afterwards. But, Zach, I cut you off there. What were you thinking?
1: I was going to uh, ask, you, ask you guys if you knew who had more, which quarterback, FBS quarterback, had more passing yards than the Heisman winner, Baker Mayfield, this year. I'm just going to go with Oklahoma State. Yeah, Mason Rudolph. <laughs> I mean, so that, that's, and that's yeah. so I think this, kind of like Rosen, I think this is his last chance to make a draft impression. And his draft stock is lower than than that of Mayfield and uh well maybe not Mayfield that of Rosen and Darnold for sure but I think Mason Rudolph is going to be good
2: I think these quarterbacks with how many they're talking about drafting this year a lot of it is going to be decided by the Bulls I mean that's one thing that we didn't hit on earlier is this is the last time um you know the draft the before the draft that you see them play um and there is a lot of prime time uh going on where everybody is watching this game because it's the only one going on i mean you think about right uh when you think of Jadavian Clowney. i mean what play do you think of
0: yeah what was that the capital one bowl on new year's day
2: that year i mean that's the only college play i remember of it's kind of
1: like monday night football for these guys right it's, it, they have a national yeah. audience and it's the only thing on so everyone who likes football is gonna be watching their game that day
0: yeah something to watch out for in this game so i I think you guys know who i want to see win uh but virginia tech as we mentioned has had some issues in the secondary with injuries they also lost their starting running back a week and a half ago who announced he was transferring immediately i actually don't think it's the virginia tech defense that will let them down here i think it is the virginia tech offense continuing to struggle this year uh then i i think oklahoma state can outlast them more than anything else but it'll Hopefully, for my sake, the sake of my TV, and the sake of my dog not getting yelled at, it's a close <laughs> game. But we uh, we move on. We move on. So uh, let's look at the Alamo Bowl and then we're we're gonna start picking it up after this one. I know we got some interest uh, with the Stanford and TCU crowds here. Uh, Zach, who you like?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I went back and forth on this one, and I'm still. I'm still not at all confident in my decision, but I ended up going with Stanford. I think Stanford wins by a narrow margin. The, the, the truth is, I really don't know what to make of TCU because when I thought they were strong, they ended up not showing up in the regular season. And then when I thought they'd have a hard time sweeping out a victory, they ended up showing strong. So I, I don't know which version of TCU we're going to get. And then Stanford, similar, but in a, showed a little bit more consistency as they just improved over the course of the season, I thought. So I'm going to call Stanford for this one, but it is close.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with Stanford as well. I I did not see much of either team this year, uh, but the games that I did watch of Stanford, uh, the running back, Love, he's he's the real deal. I think uh, if they can control the football and keep uh, TCU's high-powered offense off the field, they'll be all right.
1: Yeah. What do you think, Pete?
0: I like that. Uh, I think this is not necessarily a redemption game for Bryce Love. But I think he kind of got forgotten about on the West Coast. I mean, he still fin- finished second in the Heisman voting. He, he had a fantastic season, uh, but I expect him to do a lot here in the Alamo Bowl, which also has a history of being a, a very fun game with a lot of offense. So I'm, I'm hoping it lives up to the hype. I think you're just but trying to, hype. I
1: think you just feel bad for uh, criticizing Andrew Luck last episode, and you're just trying to get back on Ishan's good side with some talk I, about Bryce I Love.
0: I don't feel bad about <laughs> that at all. I called it like it was. I don't feel bad. <laughs> Um we're, we're speaking of hype though, here. who better? Yeah, boy, times are tough in Indianapolis. That that's a good discussion for another time. Um let's let's talk about hype and who better for hype than Ohio State and USC in the cotton bowl.
1: Man, I'm so excited about this one. You you remember Pete when we talked about the college football playoff selection and how I talked about how it was Ohio State that had the what I thought was the best claim to that fourth spot. And then Alabama may be the second best, but the third best, sneaky playoff campaign was USC so since neither USC nor Ohio State got into the big dance how exciting is it to see these guys square off I think it's going to be a great game I think that this is going to be a crucial game for Darnold for the same reason Joel you were talking about right this it's these guys last chance to make an impression everyone's gonna be watching Darnold who to this point I think is the draft darling I think McShay and Kuyper both have him as their number one could be wrong on that but lots of people have him as the number one quarterback in the draft there are lots of quarterback needed teams they're gonna be watching Darnold very closely I think however that Ohio State's going to show up. When you give Urban Meyer a month of game plan, that's not good for you when you're facing him. And I think Ohio State's going to show up and be fighting for reputation, showing that they should have had that spot above Alabama in the college football playoff. And they're going to take this one away from USC.
0: Do you think they're going to have a motivation problem at all? I mean, you you think they're going to show up, but how hard is it if you're Urban Meyer right now? Are you just going off? We deserve to be there. We didn't get it. So show up or or is it something more? What What's going on in the locker room here? You think, Joel?
2: I mean, if you don't show up to the game, all, all you do is prove the committee right. I mean, so I think, I think you have to come out and bring your best game. And you know, this—if it—I'm sure it does make them angry. And if I was angry about it, I would make sure that I'm having my best game going out there. I don't think there's going to be any issue motivation-wise. Uh, I'm sure there's letdowns day to day, but by the time, you know this game comes around is it, is a January 1st game or no? It's a December 29th game. I mean, it's It's, still, it's actually, yeah, the 29th. Yeah. It's still, you know, I'm sure they've had time to heal that wound and they're going to come out and play, but I'm actually going to go with USC on this one. Uh, I think I, I just, I think that USC is a better team, didn't get much credit, uh, kind of same as Stanford with that West Coast team. I, I just don't think we're getting enough West Coast teams and seeing how they're playing until it's too late.
0: Pac-12 at night, right? Pac-12 after dark. Uh, okay, I like that USC pick. I like that. Let's, uh, let's move on to Penn State-Washington. Penn State, sneaky good season, I think. Uh, I think the number nine ranking is a little high. Well, Probably a little bit uh, better way get to say out it. of here. I, th- I think they're better here. than number nine. <laughs> they're better than number nine. Oh, better. Oh, yeah. Uh, I th-
1: Penn... Okay. I thought you were saying they were overrated. Yeah. I'll agree that they're <laughs> underrated for sure.
0: <laughs> but Penn State, Washington, who you guys like?
1: I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even know if I have to answer this. It's, I mean, I think people know I'm going to go with Penn State in this game. I think Washington's overrated. I think they've been overrated all year, just like the Pac 12 North in general was. And Penn State has been underrated all year. They lost to Ohio State in the horseshoe by one point in a game that they led for most of the game. They lost to Michigan State in a very strange game in Lansing. They're undefeated at home against really good teams. I mean, this is a good football team. And James Franklin has done a wonderful job. Trace McSorley is a a sneaky good quarterback who maybe won't be drafted high when when the NFL draft comes along, but he can run a college offense very well. And you have Saquon Barkley, maybe the the best all-around player in college football right now. So I'm going to definitely go with Penn State.
2: Yeah, I would go with Penn State on this one too, especially uh, with Barkley. Barkley's such a unique player. I think it's Penn State on this one. I don't think, I think Washington's uh, a little out of their league on this one.
0: Yeah, I I think that's that's a good point. Penn State, I think much better team than anyone gave them credit for this year. They kind of disappeared from the national scene after that Michigan State debacle, but I like those picks. Let's keep it going with kind of our traditional bowls. Let's look at the Orange Bowl this year. So Wisconsin uh, obviously didn't have a great uh, championship game, but otherwise a fantastic season. Playing a Miami team who was supposed to be the second coming of the U of old. Uh, playing in the Orange Bowl down there. Miami kind of reeling after a loss at Pitt and then not showing up in the ACC championship. So two championship losing teams, uh, but still good teams. Who you guys liking this one?
2: This one's really interesting to me with especially the way both of their seasons ended. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they respond. Uh, as a defensive guy, I'm gonna go uh, with Miami on the this one. But with that being said, I think Wisconsin uh, comes out and they they try to put their best game up to show, that people needed to talk about them uh, instead of Ohio State and Penn State the majority of the season. So I think think for the Big Ten, Wisconsin has to come out and put up a good game, but I'm going to go with Miami on it.
1: I'm going to go with Wisconsin on this one, and not just because I'm a Big Ten homer, but I think Wisconsin has quietly built one of the best defensive programs in the NCAA. And Miami has disappointed me this season. I thought they were a much better team. I thought they'd be much more fun to watch, but they have struggled against strong defenses. I mean, just look at the ACC championship game against Clemson. It was not a pretty affair. 38-0, I think, was the final score. So I'm predicting uh, Miami comes out against this Wisconsin front, and they're not able to move the ball very much. I think Wisconsin will, will win easily.
0: You think we'll see the turnover chain in this one?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean... I guess statistically, it's likely that there'll be at least one turnover, you know, an interception, or forced fumble, recovery, something like that. But I don't think we'll see a lot of the turnover chain.
2: I don't know. They're pretty conservative on offense. I think if, if you don't see the turnover chain, they definitely win.
0: Mm, valid. Uh, Miami is certainly reeling. Uh, I, think, I think it'll be a good game. I hope so. I'm, at, I'm taking Miami, but I, I think this one's kind of a toss-up. Uh, last game before we hit our college football playoff games. Uh, let's look at the Peach Bowl, so Auburn versus uh, Zach's man crush and Scott Frost. Who you guys like, UCF versus Auburn?
1: Look, I mean, UCF's a, a good program as far as its conference goes. I think uh, just I have to go with Auburn, though. I mean, Auburn just has a lot of talent on that team. They're an SEC team that beat Alabama, and uh, yeah, I'm I mean, going to have to go with
2: Auburn. Yeah, I think Auburn i mean they're auburn's a great team this is one that i'm glad ucf they're giving them a january first bowl but I, I just don't think it's going to be you know last year we had western michigan and wisconsin and it was a competitive game i think this one's going to be tough to be competitive auburn uh, looks strong towards the end of the year i'm surprised how they played in the sec championship but this one's going to be tough for ucf
0: i agree what what kind of a statement would it make if UCF can hang with Auburn or even beat them, though? what That that would be awesome just for, for watching. And also, I think it sends an interesting message to an undefeated team who beat the SEC and got left out of the playoff. So with that in mind, let's look at the playoffs, starting with the Rose Bowl. Oklahoma, Georgia, number two, number three. Who you guys like?
2: I've, I've got Oklahoma uh, winning this game. Georgia, I mean, I didn't. You know, I really, after they lost uh, to Auburn, I thought that they would be done for the year and didn't expect them to come back into the playoffs. Um, They have a good team. It's definitely going to be tight, but I think uh, Baker Mayfield, I'm hoping he doesn't get uh, any of these Heisman issues where he comes out and plays like a dud after getting the Heisman trophy. But I think Oklahoma takes this one.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Georgia, led by a true freshman quarterback, Jake Fromm. I think. They're, they're certainly not invincible, but I think their strengths match up well against Oklahoma's weaknesses. I think Georgia's defense is going to be able to slow Baker Mayfield down. He might have a little bit of the Heisman slump going as well. And I think Oklahoma's defense is not strong enough to stop the, the Jake Fromm offense attack. So I'm going to go with Georgia in a narrow victory.
0: Okay, I'm going to take Oklahoma. I think Baker Mayfield is hypersensitive to his issues right now in terms of his presence Uh, that the media perceives and also his on the field actions. I think he comes out and plays pretty strong and yeah, I'm taking Oklahoma. Uh, I'm also going to take Alabama in the sugar bowl. I'm going to take the number four over number one for part three in the trilogy. Uh, But Zach, let's, let's kick it over to you, Alabama Clemson, who you like.
1: And I thought I was going to have a a surprising pick, but I was also going to pick Alabama. I think Nick Saban out for revenge after last year, of course, Nick Saban out to prove that the committee was right in letting Alabama sneak in at the number 4 spot. Nick Saban with a month to game plan against uh, Davos Swinney, who's also an amazing coach and has a month to game plan against Saban, but I just think Nick Saban's going to have his guys tuned up. Now, the counterpoint is the obvious counterpoint is that Alabama's pretty banged up. They've had a lot of injuries this year, but we've we've got a month to get them rested and I think Saban's going to come out looking for blood and I think we're going to have Alabama in a narrow victory
2: yeah I think I'm going to go with Alabama on this one as well I mean it's it's going to be a tight game I would go as far to say that this is probably the national championship game I think whoever wins this game wins uh, the playoff Um, but I think Alabama with Saban the way they prepare that defense I I think they'll be able to slow Clemson down and uh, control the ball game
0: I, I feel like Lee Corso over here. Good pick. Good pick. I didn't have any not so fast <laughs> like I was hoping. Um, but yeah, I I agree. This this Bama team, we're, we're counting them out almost in the, the national media, and that's exactly what Nick Saban wants. If you think about it, this season, minus not winning the SEC championship, has been exactly what Nick Saban wants. He wants material. He wants his guys to be discounted. He wants to kind of almost be the underdog, which is hilarious since they're the Yankees of college football. Yes, they uh, are. but he he likes playing in this role, and I think it's going to it's going to be right in his wheelhouse. Kelly Bryant is going to be your X factor. That Clemson defense is great. Uh, are we going to get a healthy Kelly Bryant? Are we going to get a Kelly Bryant who beats guys with his legs like he was really able to the first six, seven games of the season? Uh, are we going to get a Kelly Bryant who is is trying to almost do too much from just the pocket so it'll be it'll be interesting but by my tallies i've got joel taking bama over oklahoma in the championship game and zach i've got georgia playing bama who are you taking to win that
1: i think i have to take bama again i mean as much as i hate to say it i think we're gonna see bama over georgia and we're gonna see alabama be national champions so there's that and i mean even worse we're gonna see an sec championship game to decide the yeah. national championship. It's going to be terrible. And this is going to be adding more fuel to the fire for why we need an eight-team playoff with automatic bids for the power five and the at-large bids for the remaining three. So that's going to be the good outcome, but it's going to be painful to see the all-SEC national championship game.
0: Well, no matter what happens, we'll, uh, we'll be sure to, to talk about it and probably have some emotional discussions about it uh, here on Third String Pod. Fellas, I think we're about out of time. Any parting shots before we, uh, we kick it for the week?
1: No, I don't think so. I just want to thank Joel for joining us this week. It was a lot of fun to do this bowl preview and hopefully we'll be able to have you get on the show again sometime soon. But thanks so much, especially for your insider perspective on what's going on in the locker room, what's going on in a player's mind as they're on the field. And we really value the insight and hope to have you back soon. Absolutely.
2: Thanks for having me. Love the podcast.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for listening in to Third String Pod. We wish you a very happy holidays. If you're interested in following at Zach Crippen, I'm at Pete underscore Laclede. And then Joel is at Joel R. Cox 93. Give us a, give us a follow, pay attention to the Twitter. uh, And if you like the show, please give us a review on Apple podcasts. Uh, For all of us here at third string pod, have a great week.